Hi, my name is James White and I'm the founder of InTouch CRM and welcome to another edition of the Seven Figure Club podcast. So um, I was really, really lucky to uh, meet uh, a guy called Mark Jansen um, as a result of a connection with another uh, lady who I know. And uh, a couple of things that really struck me in terms of being able to have a conversation with Mark um, were two things really. Firstly, networking is really important. I got the chance to speak to Mark, um, who's done a couple of podcasts um, for a couple of very large organizations. So I'm absolutely thrilled that he was um, open to doing a, a podcast with us here at In Touch um, on the Seven Figure Club. But the key thing really is, A, um, is the ability to network and, and engage and, and interact with people to find out. Um, suitable people for this and I got to know Mark's uh, sister uh, Elka through an event and uh, made the request and was lucky enough to get Mark to agree to, to doing the, the podcast but also when you um, talk to someone um, such as Mark who is literally uh, he sold his business back in 2013 to Capita had a, a large-scale consultancy business um, which uh, was incredible um, in terms of what it offered and um, was able to, to get a large multinational brand brand like Capita to say, yeah, I like that look of that company and I want to buy it. It just shows you that there are some incredibly um, talented um, and super successful business people out there that uh, have achieved a lot, but are also willing to give back. And uh, Mark hadn't met me, um, but was re I reached out to him through uh, his sister and agreed to come on the podcast to share his stories, um, to share his thoughts on um, what it is that he felt uh, he uh, you know, could offer. And there was some incredible um, wisdom and insights gained in the podcast. Um, had the chance to chat to Mark for around 40 minutes and talked around everything about how he built the business, how he... Um, you know, focused uh, in, a, in, in an area to, to, to be an excellence, to show excellence in, in a specific space. Uh, and you'll notice that I've talked about that in other podcasts in the past where Mike Michalowicz and other people have mentioned this idea of niching and focusing on an area is, is uber important. And uh, it's something Mark talks around. Um, and it's also interesting to know how um, and to hear from Mark around his views, even though as a chartered accountant, how pivotal he sees sales and selling is in, in, in a business. And um, it, it's really key uh, to listen to some of the thoughts that Mark's mentioned and raised um, on the podcast around how to sell effectively and how to build relationships for the long term. And he talks around something, it's a great story, which I'll let you listen to. Uh, he talks around advocacy and the, the story he gives there is quite incredible um, around how he built advocacy with his customers um, and not just necessarily a sale, which resulted in uh, other long-term business. So um, I was really really as I say blessed to, to have the chance to talk to Mark um, a couple of weeks ago around um, what he did to sell Blue Sky um, uh, to Capita, how he built his business, what he's learned, things that um, are particularly important for him as, a, as an entrepreneur and really how he achieved the success he did. And so um, I think um, the best thing I can do is say it's an incredibly uh, great interview um, in terms of being able to listen to Mark. Not Obviously, hopefully the, the questions I asked were relevant and interesting for you guys. But um, really, you know, here's a guy that sold his business for a large sum of money. He's a, certainly a very worthy member of the Seven Figure Club. And I'd encourage and urge you all to, to take note of some of the things that Mark had to say. And uh, a really... Uh, the wisdom he shares here is something we can all learn and pick up from. So without further ado, let's uh, get into the next edition of the Seven Figure Club podcast and uh, where I had the chance to talk to, to Mark Janssen from Janssen Consulting. So um, thanks very much, Mark, for joining us on the podcast today. It's a pleasure and uh, nice to meet you. Yeah, great stuff. So, I mean, 
So tell me a little bit about, obviously, you know, you, um, for those, you know, viewers and listeners to the podcast, you, you sold a, a business called Blue Sky uh, back in 2013. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about that business and, and actually sort of, you know, how you sort of, you know, got from where it was to the point where you were then in a position to sell it. So um, the business started in 97 and we were initially, uh, well, it took a few years, I think it's fair to say, to work out exactly what we were and uh, what we were doing and what we were going to specialize in. Um, initially, it was contact center training and consulting, uh, helping organizations set up new contact centers. So it was a combination of consulting and training. And, um, and it's fair to say that we struggled with that actually for quite a long time because as a result, clients couldn't put you in a box. You know, you, you, they didn't have a budget for you necessarily to, um, to do the kind of work we were offering. And we ended up with quite an eclectic uh, bunch of services, really. Um, but essentially, we're, you know, our proposition has developed over the years, and, and I would sum it up to say we were about sales and service transformation and cultural transformation through leadership and management development. That's kind of what the business was about. Um, I mean, the journey you know, from start to finish was, was a long and tough one. There's no doubt about it. Lots of lessons. Um, and as you say, we, we managed to get to a point where um, we, we were running a profitable business, sort of 25, 27% actually uh, EBITDA. And, uh, and, and yeah, we sold to Capita in 2013. So yeah, it was great. It's interesting that you said about the fact that you started in 1997. A lot of businesses sort of nowadays also go into business actually thinking it's going to be an easy win, isn't it? You know, start up and in a few years time, it's all going to be sort of, so, you know, the fact that, you know, you started in 97 and got to 2013 shows that, you know, you've got to be, um, businesses don't become successful overnight, do they? It takes time. Well, they do, unless you're lucky or you're incredibly bright or you just hit on an amazing idea. I, I think the majority of, of owners of consulting business, certainly that I talk to, um, it, you know, it takes time. It takes time. And, and quite often, they haven't necessarily started their business particularly strategically. They've either been made redundant or they've just had an idea, they've got a client, and and as a result, it just evolves. And of course, by the nature of consulting work is you are involved doing the doing and delivering to clients. And so the amount of time you get to build and work on the business is, is, is limited. And mm. I think that's what holds us back, really. And that's why it takes longer. It is. And you mentioned, you know, obviously, the number of questions we're going to talk through, but you mentioned around actually sort of you had an eclectic mix of services and things that you did. One of the things that we, when we talk to a lot of our customers around being sort of focused and, and, and it's an area we sometimes we find a challenge with your own touch is, you know, there's always a bit of a worry for people because they worry that they're going to miss out on other opportunities. Have you found as you've sort of gone through your career with the businesses you have that being focused in one area is, is, is a big help or um, is that something you, you think is important for businesses to succeed in, you know, now in the current sort of climate uh, absolutely yeah 100 percent. i mean i think uh it's it's said often and it's it's kind of it's not a new insight um but you've got to be quite bold and brave to to take take that on and really do it and i certainly was given that advice and didn't take it um uh was too scared that i was going to miss out on you know had some good profitable revenue streams and i didn't really want to kiss them goodbye and just focus on one thing mm. uh, knowing what i know now then I should have taken that risk, really. And, and, and in my new business, that's absolutely what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it, it makes so much sense on so many levels because if you focus on one primary service offering, then it makes selling easier, it makes marketing easier, it makes delivery easier. You build a team of people that are all connected 
uh, and engaged in the same thing rather than having one guy who does this and one guy who does that and a few guys that do that and they don't really connect because they've got different interests and different propositions that they're working on. So it goes against the sort of entrepreneurial, uh, creative, focused, you know, variety, which we all thrive on. But ultimately, if you want to build a business and, and maximize your equity value, then it's kind of number one lesson in my book. Yeah, and that's great advice. And ultimately, I guess a lot of business owners go into the, you know, they, they don't just do it because obviously they change careers, but they, they do have the dreams of achieving the success. And we call it seven figure because everyone wants to, to achieve that success in the moment and feel it. How did it, when, when, you know, can you describe to me the moment when you actually sort of, you know, it was all done and dusted? How did you feel? What was the, what was the feeling inside of you that, you know, was it elation? Was it disappointment? What was it? What was it? Was there any words you used to describe it? So there are a few stages, as you can imagine, um, and different emotions associated with those different stages. I think the, 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 the elation came at, or, or, at the moment that I received the, the first offer for the business. Um, okay. So I was, I was in an airport. I was, I was with a bunch of mates about to, to head off skiing. Oh, and I, I got it through on my phone and I, you know, I'm reading this offer letter on my phone and wow. literally jumping around in the airport and told one of my close friends who was, and I was just absolutely made up. Um, but at that point, that was just an offer, you know, that, that still need, that was subject to due diligence, that was subject to negotiation, that was subject to contract, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that was probably the most elating time because then from there on, once you've got that offer, uh, well, my focus then switched to, okay, can I leverage it up, um, you know, which I was able to do. Um, and then also it's about how do we make sure this offer doesn't go away and, and how do we make sure the business continues to grow through, you know, doing the transaction um, and going through the, the process of selling the business, uh, but maintaining the performance. That's, the, that's really tough. Um, so, yeah, there, there lots of emotion. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I've talked to a few people that um, have been in that position like yourself and, and they say they go through this mixture, but all of them sort of seem to have that, that yee-haw feeling that, that yeah. sort of you know, it happens. So uh, did you, and I should ask the question, well, did, did you, did you buy champagne on the flight? Was it, was it a case that you were going to go and enjoy some time with the guys or did you sort of be careful and say, right, I won't do anything until it sort of comes through? No, uh, no, I, 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 I'm far too, far too um, I don't know what the, what the right descriptive word is, but I, I um, I spent the flight analysing the letter and writing a response to negotiate the uh, the deal up. Basically, that's that's how I spent the flight. So I had to get it, had to get my initial responses down on and writing. So yeah, I was on my laptop on the plane. Yeah, yeah and all your friends are on the champagne, thinking of you. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, on my account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, great stuff. I mean, talk to obviously, you know, you built up the business and to get it to a stage where, you know, a company like Capita, who is, you know, UK known and uh, globally known in terms of what they do in terms of, you know, how did you, know, did you sort of reach out to them or did they reach out to you? Because that process of actually when someone wants to engage and buy what you offer must have been incredibly, not so much this proud moment, but it's quite, an, you know, it's the whole feeling of actually, especially a company like Capita, it's, it's huge, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 so what happened was they approached us. In fact, when I say they approached us, a broker approached us on their behalf. Um, he, he was clearly on commission to find businesses that uh, Capita would find attractive uh, to bring into their stable. And he sent me an email. And to be honest, I ignored it for a, a, probably about a week because I, I thought it was just spam because you get quite a lot these days of people saying, you know, they're going to find, they've got someone who wants to buy a business, etc. So, um, but I was working with a, a mentor at the time who was involved in, in selling um, 
consulting businesses and he was supporting me around uh, growth strategy. And so I sent it on to him and he knew the guy. So he picked up the phone, they had a conversation, turned out it was a genuine interest, um, set up a meeting and you know the, the, it went from there really. So we didn't go through an auction process, a marketing process. Um, uh, we, we were approached, so it was quite straightforward. Yeah, sure. And obviously, when you know, when you talk about Blue Sky, you built up a business to have you know, you know, you know th- hundreds of you know, I think it's hundreds of employees already, or 30, 30, 35 employees and a number of associates and people working with you. When you were sort of you know running your business, what was the one you know? Is there one good thing that you had about running the business, or one bad thing you had about running the business? That, you know, because it must be you know, it's quite stressful, isn't it, with those amount of staff and that sort of you know sort of business? Was there was there anything that struck you around you know as you were growing that that you thought this is something I don't enjoy, or, or actually that that you can that people listening can sort of empathise with? So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of it's funny, probably the people fit into the good and the bad box. So. People make it all worthwhile. You, you've got someone to share the journey with, have fun with, learn with. But equally, it can be incredibly stressful managing and leading people who, particularly in the consulting world, where they're generally bright people, so they're quite demanding. Um, and and that can be, and you know, it's the clashes that can happen between different personalities that that can be quite stressful to manage. But but I would say probably the best thing for me was was the autonomy. Uh, so having control over my own destiny is really important to me, and 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 that absolutely um, you get that completely. And then I, and I guess the downside is is simply the feeling of responsibility when things are not going well. You know, uh, and I have had situations where I did have a situation where um, we lost a major contract and had to make some tough decisions. You know, and, and couldn't afford to keep the whole team on. And and and. It's at times like that where, you know, it's quite upsetting because you, you, you've built a business, you've built a family almost really, and a real culture, um, and it hurts to, to let people go in that situation. So I would say that was the, the, the toughest aspect. Yeah, and, and you're right. And, and obviously, you know, I, I think, you know, for any business owner, making those tough decisions is, is difficult, isn't it? But, but actually, you've, I guess it's that sort of fight or flight process, isn't it? You go for, you know, you, you know, things are not, you know, going, if something's happened, you've got to take those things on. Is there any advice you sort of take, you know, give to people about making those tough decisions, things that you use that, you know, you said, right, actually, these are, this is how I'm going to do it. Or was it a case of just, right, I've just got to go and do this and get on with it? Um, well, I think I am very much a case of, you know, you, you weigh up the options and, you know, if the writing's on the wall, you make the decision and you just, you know, it's JFDI, you just, you just get on with it. Um, well, I think what I have noticed, though, and, and so I have a kind of financial commercial background, which a lot of consultants don't have. And so I think sometimes things can run away from you um, and go on for too long because you know it's there in the background, but you haven't actually done the numbers and you haven't really analyzed your pipeline and really thought through your cash flow. And so it comes and bites you on the bum when really if you've got the right level of reporting and visibility available to you, then you, you should be getting, you know, you should have a heads up on that a, a good few months ahead. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's having visibility and, and awareness of where you are financially and, you know, understanding what the milestones are. And if you cross over a certain milestone, then the decision has to be taken and you, and you get on with it. Mm. You mentioned about pipeline there, and obviously, you know, you, I know you've obviously, you know, to build a business and sell a business, you've got to have huge sort of sales experience and knowledge. In, you know, in your experience, when you, you know, you talk to lots of different businesses, I'm guessing a lot of people want you to mentor them and help them and drive their business forward. Now, is pipeline management, and I, I know this from a sort of CRM perspective, 
I find a lot of small businesses aren't very good at that element. They're not very good at sort of knowing where their business is going to be. And you yeah. sort of talk to them about numbers and targets. Is, is that what you experience with a lot of sort of you know, companies that you engage with as well? Yeah, I find it amazing, actually, because I don't understand how, how you survive and how you make decisions without it. Um, because we, we had a, a weekly pipeline report and, um, you know, all the account managers, the salespeople, the, the delivery people would feed into you know, updating the latest position on the cast because it's incredibly dynamic and changing as you know clients change their mind on a daily basis sure. um, but in order to make decisions um, whether that's employment decisions investment decisions product development um, whether you're going to qualify a deal in or out having an awareness of where you are you know financially uh, from your pipeline is, is fundamental in my book uh, but you're right it, it seems to be lacking yeah, I mean, we talk to a lot of people about it and we sort of say to people, you know, if you, you don't have targets, you don't have areas where you're going to focus on. But, um, yeah, we, we've, we've, we've found some incredible things that people don't have you know, in place. And um, like you say, you can't identify where you're going to go as a result of it. But, but I think sales in general is an area that a lot of small businesses struggle with and they sort of don't really, they're frightened of selling or they're not sure what to sell or how to, or they, or they sell in a way that isn't you know, conducive to sort of um, you know, what we would see as being the, the right yeah. way to sell. And, and, and is that something also you found as well that the way in which organizations sort of sell now, you know, it's areas they need a lot of help with? Yeah, I, I think it, and it comes from, again, a symptom of the fact that it, certainly in the consulting world, you know, we're typically expert at something. So we might be an IT consultant, an HR consulting, an engineering consultant. Um, doesn't make us a marketeer, doesn't make us a salesperson. And unfortunately, if you're going to build a business, you've got to be both of those things, or you need to be able to direct, bring people in and direct them. Mm. Um, but sales is, is the lifeblood of any, you know, any organization, but particularly consulting organizations, because we're all, um, you know, we tend to win long-term contracts that are repeatable and, and recurring. They, they tend to uh, be project-based. So if you can't sell what you do and you can't position what you do and articulate it, what you do in a compelling way, then the chances of building a, 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 a scalable growing business are pretty slim, I would say. Sure. And, and obviously you grew the business at Blue Sky to a stage where someone, you know, a large company like you know, Capital was going to buy. Do, do you have any particular, you know, tips or you know, hacks that they call it in our way, but you use to get that amazing results and growth? Because I'm guessing you did what you just said there and you were able to articulate your vision to enough different companies and to get them to buy into what you did. And is there anything in particular that you think that, you know, you, tips that you've learned that are actually to share in that respect lots lots and lots and lots <laughs> time um, for them all. Yeah. yeah how long you got um so because this is a particular area that um i'm really passionate about and i i love the fact that sales is both art and science you know it's about relationship but it's also evidence-based and there are systems and processes you can use to support you to sell effectively but ultimately you've got to be able to relate and connect with the human being on the other side of the table as well. So, um, I, I, gosh, a couple of, so a couple of things, uh, that I, I would say in terms of things that, that often work, uh, that maybe are a bit unusual. One would be to say no. Um, you know, people will say, say yes to the client and, and, uh, say no, if you, if you say no to a client and, uh, because they've asked you to do something that's slightly outside of your remit and it's just not your sweet spot, and you build an awful lot of credibility by saying, no, that's not what we do. I, I'm sure I can refer you to someone or help you with someone, but actually this is what we do. This is what we're experts at. And if you have anything in this area, then we absolutely blow the, you know, blow your socks off. But unfortunately, you know, we can't, well, that's not our thing, you know, and, and then all of a sudden that builds a lot of trust and credibility. Um, so that, that would be one thing. Um, what else? I think the, uh, the other thing is, 
being mindful that uh, a relationship is 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 long term. It's not about in in the sales context. It's not about winning the deal. And people often will just focus on what do we need to do to win this deal to get this over the line. Whereas I would kind of switch switch the the mindset towards what do you need to do to build an advocate in this prospect? You know, how do you build advocacy? Uh, and that is about giving them insight, giving them value. Uh, supporting them through the process they're going through. They may be not feeling particularly comfortable or competent in, in taking on a, a supplier to do whatever it is you're going to do. So help them through that process, you know, create somebody who, who whether you win the work or not, they're going to talk really positively about you and will potentially, you know, I've, I have people refer me who've never worked, who I've never worked for, you know, in fact, you know, one time we got invited, um, my partner, business partner and I got invited and we had this, big posh lunch at the, on the top of um, the HSBC building in, uh, uh, in a five-star Michelin restaurant. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I don't think it was five, no, I say, you know, three-star Michelin restaurant. So that's a five-star experience, if you know what I mean, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and, and this, the COO of HSBC was recommending us to the incumbent COO of HSBC, 57,000 employees. I'd never done any work for the guy. <laughs> And I didn't really understand what it was, but he'd been to one of our events. He had a great time. He'd heard about our proposition. He obviously liked us. And here he was, you know, referring us and doing a really warm handover to the new COO, who unfortunately didn't really appreciate being told what supplier he should use. So it didn't really work. But it was, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing what people will do. Um, yeah. And that, fe- that feeling that, you know, you get of, you know, and I talk to people, I mean, I, one of the things I'm doing is writing, I'm writing a book called The Conversion Train. Sales is my passion. And, um, I, you know, we've, and, and I, you know, when you get those type of referrals, I'm so engaged, it's a great feeling, isn't it? Because actually yeah. you just, you know, I call it the Serena moment. I use a picture of Serena Williams when she's sort of like in Wimbledon, she wins and she's got that sort of, yeah. you, you want to sort of stay still in your chair, but you can't because you're sort of inside <laughs> you going mad, aren't they? So, yeah, you wait till you get out of the building before you can actually celebrate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, but sales, you know, you talk about sales and actually that engagement with the art and the science of the, of the decision, you know, decision making is difficult in, in sales. A lot of people sometimes make the wrong calls in the wrong areas. Is there anything you've done that you think, you know, you think, well, actually it's about being able to, um, you know, knowing the, the scenarios and, and, and the things that you've done, whether you've you thought, actually, no, I, actually I've, I've had to sort of take a step back and do something differently. Is there something you were going to do? Or more case that, you know, you've just thought, actually, if I do something differently here, I'll get a better result. Is there anything? Because a lot of the time when we talk to people, they, um, they, they, they rush headlong into things. And sometimes I always think actually sales sometimes is better at stepping back and actually checking your, the whole parameter of where you are rather than making rash decisions. So, so do you mean being in, in the sales process? Yes, so you've got yes. a tender or you've got an opportunity. And, um, and it, so I, I think the, um, you know, absolutely. The, 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 you know, fundamentally, and we always talk about doing, doing the work, doing the thinking work first at the top of the funnel. You know, it's a bit like the sales funnel. Do the strategic thinking and really, the key thing actually, what I find that people don't do is put themselves in the shoes of the customer. So really get inside their business, their head. What is it they want? What, and not, you know, and, and it's that age old thing of, okay, we've got various service offerings we want to sell to them, but actually what do they want? And maybe what we've got isn't what they want. And if it is, have the conversation, you know, be honest. I, I mean, we, we, we won, once we won a, a global sales training program across 27 countries. And during that sales process, I told the client that we did not have global capability. I told them we would build it. Now, a lot of people would have said, 
we've got it, or we've certainly got more that, you know, make out as though they've got more than they actually had. Um, but I decided to go down the honest, authentic kind of route, and it worked, mm. and we won a global sales program. And I just don't think we would have won it otherwise. And, and it's amazing, you know, you talked about, you know, being at the COO level at you know, a bank like HSBC, scene level. I mean, a lot of Porter people worry about selling at that level, don't they, and engaging at that level, even though yeah. they're talking to people in the same way as me and you, they, they worry about it. And, and is there anything you've sort of, you know, obviously engaging at that sort of, you know, incredibly senior level of, you know, of, of, of the... That, you know, a tip you can give to people that says, you know, to not to worry about it because people do, don't they? They're panicking, they're worried about saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong yeah. thing. You've shown that by the guy that recommended you, it's, you, you know, you, you just, you were natural and normal by the sounds of things. So. Um, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous in that situation. Um, you know, there, there have, I, I'm less so now. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I was nervous, but certainly then, absolutely, I'd be nervous for a, a senior pitch. Um, I think so. The, to, to combat that, my, my, my key recommendations would be uh, prepare. It's prepare the arse off it. You know, that's really excuse me French, but that would be the that would be the, the the message. Because if I think about, I'm, or I went for one pitch to a really senior guy in the construction industry. We'd never worked in the construction industry before, and so what did I do? Well, I sat down and I went online and I learned about the key trends in the construction industry and I understood based on the brief, I brought that into the context based on the proposition we're putting together and I wrapped it all together. And by the time I went in there, I was confident that I understood what was going on sufficiently to carry that meeting. And, 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 you know, we won a, well, it was a 1.6 million pound deal. So, you know, uh, it, it can be done. So I would say preparation is the key. Um, mm. but also, uh, back to my earlier point is be authentic and be be yourself and don't try and be something you're not and mm. and if you're because the only time to be nervous is if you're trying to sell something you're not really capable of doing yeah, it, yeah. It, if you believe in what you're really good at um, and you believe what you're selling is going to make a difference and is the right thing for the client then what, what's the reason to be nervous there isn't yeah, one yeah. totally right and no, I totally you're get it them, in fact you're doing them a favor you know aren't they lucky to, to yeah. be working with you well, it's, it's a great, it's a great, you say that, and it's exactly like you say, it's having that confidence in yourself. I, mean, I have a model that I use called track fair, which are nine things I say to people you're going to have as a foundation. One of them is confidence. And I always say to people, if you haven't got confidence in yourself, then you shouldn't expect anyone else to have it. But you're right. It's having that confidence in what you do. And that helps, I guess, going back to our earlier point of being focused on a specific space, because if you're focused on a space and a market, then you know that you're confident about that space because you're exactly. the best at it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, when you built the business, there were elements around actually um, things that you did and, and what you achieved in, in terms of, you know, bringing the right type of expertise. Because obviously, you know, no one can build a business nowadays without bringing the right type of people in. Is there anything you've sort of done, you know, again, advice and, and thoughts on you know, how to build a business to hire people in, you know, to bring the right type of people in that you've served you well over, over, over your career? Uh, yeah, I, I would say a couple of things on that. I think the... The best way to hire people is through referral and network. And uh, sorry for all the recruitment consultants out there, but um, in the majority of cases, they, people who you get through your network stay longer. They get a, a genuine insight into what your business is like through their contact. And um, so I would say, and, and, and so therefore, working back from that, if you want to create an environment where you're getting lots of uh, referrals and, and connections, uh, it's to create a culture where uh, your people respect you as a leader 
and will advocate you as a leader. And so, you know, if my staff are going out and say, Christ, you should come and work at Blue Sky, you know, you come and work for Mark, he's great. Um, people go, oh, right, okay, that's really nice to hear because you don't hear that a lot about a lot of employers. So if you can, if you can create that culture internally where people are out there advocating, then you, you're going to build your network. So that, that's, uh, I would say, and I would say bringing in senior people is really difficult. I've done it successfully a couple of times, but unsuccessfully probably more often. And, and so the art is really to grow your own, I think. Um, uh, it's to, to bring in people that you see have the potential to, to adopt your ways and, and your methodologies to, and, to, and to really learn. And I think if there's probably one thing that I look for uh, in, in taking someone on is, is, is a desire and a passion and a real appetite to learn. And, 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 and if, they, if they have that and they can demonstrate that, then, you know, the world's their oyster, really, and, and they have huge potential. Um, but there are so many people, particularly, and that's the issue with senior people. They often come in, they think they know it all. They think they've got the stripes. They want to imprint their way of doing things and, uh, and don't listen and don't learn. And I can't work with those kinds of people. No, you are, I, I always use that, you know, here we're as much more company probably. I say I can hire, I can, I can, uh, I can teach skills, but I can't teach attitudes. So uh, I also think yeah. it's an thing that in, in that respect. And, you know, you mentioned around actually, you know, your staff and the team that you built and this family. I mean, how did they, obviously when you sell a business as well, though, I guess the implications for them is, I mean, I've talked to a couple of other founders who have, you know, have gone through that process who feel, who felt that was one of their downsides to actually selling because they actually, not so much worried about the impact, but A, that was letting go of something that was their baby, for want of a better phrase, but also that they had a few members of staff that maybe didn't feel quite the same way about the sale process as, as they did. Was that something you found when you sold Blue Sky, or was that not an issue for you guys? Um, I think it's always an issue. Uh, I think, uh, to, and communication, timely communication, and honest communication is, is kind of the, the route out of it. Uh, I'm pleased to say that uh, pretty much no one has left Blue Sky in the last, so not even since we, so one or two people left when we actually sold Capita. Um, then they stayed on the journey, but they had the reassurance of me being there. And then when I handed over to uh, my colleague who'd been with me seven years, um, since then, when I've been gone, what, 18 months, two years now, and, and, and hardly anyone has left. So it can be done. Um, and Capita is a very different beast and a very different business to a boutique consultancy that we built with a, its own brand. So there were absolutely all the risks associated with it. I, I think the key is when you negotiate the deal is you want to protect the business. So we retained our brand, we retained our offices, we retained empowerment and control over key decisions. That's all really important. Um, yeah, so um, I'm trying to think what was the other thing that you... No, I was just mentioning about how they felt about it in terms of actually what they what they were thinking. Yeah. About. Okay, so it, you know, because as I say, it's it's that element of change. And when you you know when you left Blue Sky, obviously, was there an element for you personally? Because obviously, you built this for sixteen years. You've been you know a number of years been involved in the business. Was there any elements of you that were like sad as a result of sort of leaving, or were you sort of like, no, I've done this. And it felt like the right time for you when you moved on, and then to, to do other things. So that, that for me, that was a real positive of the earnout. So I had a twenty-seven month earnout. So that was more than enough time for me to process the emotion around my departure. And so, um, you know, I started handing over my role sort of six months before leaving. And by the time the date came along, I was absolutely ready. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt and ready for now someone else to come in and, and take it to the next level, you know, and, and add, add her, you know, slant to it, her fresh thinking. And yeah. I was uh, at that, by that time, I was tired of 
uh, dealing with what was largely a, a recurring recurring issues of okay how do we grow this business uh, you know more marketing more sales more you know I was no longer getting the same buzz and the same excitement for winning a, a new client and and uh, or coming up with a new methodology that that was no longer floating my boat so it was time to move on sure sure and, and so obviously you moved them and, and I guess but your hunger and desire as a business person doesn't change I guess because you're you've uh, did you have that sort of feeling of like well I've done this once I want to go and do it again was that something you felt sort of pretty much no, after or? <laughs> no definitely not um, it was far too hard to try and do that all over again. Um, it was, I found it really, really quite tough. Um, so uh, what I'm doing now is, is, is far more straightforward. So um, uh, as, as you know, I'm, I'm uh, mentoring and, and training owners of consulting businesses on, on helping them accelerate the growth of their business. And it's not easy, um, but ultimately they're doing the work and I'm advising them and supporting them and giving them tools and frameworks and methodologies to, to, you know, accelerate their business. So, um, yeah, it's more straightforward and I'm not planning to build another big business to sell. I'm just want to do great work with, with great clients and, and enjoy the journey. Yeah. And enjoy it. And, and, and you said, you know, when we spoke earlier on that sales and, and being able to help people in that process is still a passion of yours. Is that still yeah. something that you still, you know, he's trying to help them get, and is that one of the areas where a lot of those sort of, like you said, consultancies sort of, need that help and support and, and, and challenge because like you say they're good at knowing certain things but they're not good at knowing other things and absolutely yeah in fact i was doing some sales coaching this morning and uh, doing some more tomorrow so um helping clients uh, think through their approach to winning bigger deals and mm. uh yeah so it's absolutely what i do and and i, and I love it i don't get i don't get bored of that and, and it's and I, because it's never it's you can't just follow a process it's not black and white you know yeah. there's there are always different ways yeah, there's never there's never one deal the same, and every customer's different. What they yeah. say, and what they're looking for, and and you, as you said, you're putting yourself in the shoes of that customer, and yeah. or that prospect, I should say, is key. But um, no, it's it's great. I mean, obviously, it's been great. I've had a great, you know, appreciate your time today, and I know you're you're a busy man and family things to do. Just one thing, finally, from my perspective, you know, if you could go sort of back in time and, and sort of give yourself one piece of advice, is there anything that you know you would you would do you know, do as do differently, or do you know you, you would think oh, you know that that would be something I'd think about and look at. Uh, I, uh, lots of things, um, I would do differently. Um, I think probably the biggest one, uh, would be to step back from the day to day sooner and invest more. Right. So the, I was guilty of, Hey, we've had a good year and we used to distribute all our profits. Like lots of consultants do, you know, they basically make the money, take the money out. Um, with hindsight, we should have left money in and uh, been more strategic. I should have got a mentor sooner than I did um, because it makes sense to you know just learn from other people's mistakes and 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 successes uh, and and you know to to work with people who've been on that path before you. So I, I should have done that sooner. I should have invested more, um, and I should have. Uh, probably uh, defined our propositions more narrowly and our sectors more narrowly than I did. Um, we, we did do a degree of that. Uh, we, we made some big changes, um, but we could have taken it to another level, I think. 
yeah okay well i mean that's that's amazing advice for people that are listening to the podcast and um and again it's something we continue to say it's something we continue to do ourselves to try and be focused on a specific niche and, and market because it's what everyone know you know like you say it's the, it's the route to that getting that success but so look it's it's fantastic to um to have a chance to to, to talk to you mark and you know so many ideas and thoughts i'd love to um if uh, if i could buy happy to buy you a, a drink in london or in, in guildford the next time sort of i'm in your neck of the woods and, and learn more because especially the sales insights I, that's an area that's a big passion for mine as well so uh, always happy to chat through uh, with, with sales success elements with, with someone but yeah really really appreciated your time um today and is there anything you know finally you wanted to mention in terms of you know what you're you know where you're like say you're, you're mentoring now you're helping um other consultancies grow so i guess if there's a plug we can put for you is there anything we can do to to, to plug your but is there anyone that you know specifically that you you think would you know you you could, could benefit from working with you now obviously from a consultancy perspective um, well, I, I'm going to be running some some breakfasts uh, in in London. I run an event end of April, and everybody got uh, loads of value out of that. So we're going to be running some more of those. So um, my my website is um, you know www.thenub.com, and uh, the the information is is all on there. And yeah, absolutely. If your if your listeners are keen to accelerate the growth of their business and and would like to to work with someone like myself, then I'd love to hear from them. So great. Just a very big thank you for me, Mark, for your time. It's a lovely sunny day out there, so it's a chance to, to get back out into uh, to the garden maybe and catch the, the last few rays of summer uh, of the evening. But look, big thank you from me um, for your time today. Uh, it really is appreciated. And, and I really sure. enjoyed it. really enjoyed it, James. So thank you very much. So there you have it. That was the latest edition of the Seven Figure Club podcast with Mark Janssen from The Nub. So it's, you know, when I look back at this podcast, what an amazing um, conversation it was to have with Mark to, to understand and learn about him and how he achieved the success he did. And I know that a lot of the people that listen to the podcast are consultants and, and business entrepreneurs who want to grow a business uh, in the same way as Mark has done. And, and so I think it's a really uh, great chance to listen to his wisdom and knowledge um, and what, what you need to do to actually get that success. I also think it's key that Mark is now providing services through the Nub and will provide a link through the website as to how you as a business consultant can grow your business to be in a position like you were with Mark, like Mark was, and um, being in a position where you can take a business from zero to a £10 million sale with Capita is even sure what most business consultants would love to do. So uh, we'll provide the link to the Nub so that you can make contact with Mark and, and, and reach out to him. I know he's doing a mentoring program now. and I'm sure if he'd be really interested in helping you um, grow your business to where you want it to be. So that was the latest edition of the Seven Figure Club podcast. Once again, I'd like to thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed um, the stories that we share with um, people like Mark and, and others that we've done in the past. Um, we've got a great podcast coming up in, uh, in a couple of weeks' time with a guy who sold a business for um, over £200 million. So I can't wait to share that with you. But obviously, if you've got other people that you think could be um, interesting for us to talk to, uh, people such as Mark who have had great success that would be great to listen to and learn from, please do come back to us, share it with us. Um, uh, at, uh, the details are in, included at the bottom of the podcast itself. But you can always send me an email at j.white.intouchcrm.com um, or reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, if you search for James White in touch, you'll find me on LinkedIn and I'd welcome the chance to, uh, to talk to your colleagues and friends that have been um, successful in that way so we can share their stories as well. Thanks once again for listening to this edition for the Seven Figure Club podcast. My name is James White. I'm the founder of InTouch 
uh, and in touch, we help people convert prospects into customers. So if this is something that you feel you need some help with as well, then also reach out to us and we'll be happy to show you how we can help you drive your business forward. Until the next time, we'll speak soon.